Hello and welcome to WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. I'm Lucy Gelman and today you're listening to a pre-recorded episode of Arts Respond. Arts Respond is a collaboration with the Arts Council of Greater New Haven and I am thrilled that today my guest is Brent Peterkin. Brent is the executive director of Gather New Haven, so you may know him through articles in the New Haven Independent or from around town, especially if you're a fan of Gather. And if you're not already, you should be. Hopefully you'll know why by the end of this episode. And Brent, first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on um, Arts Respond and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. So first, I want to ask just for um, for listeners, I almost said readers, for listeners who maybe aren't familiar with your work at Gather. So um, several years ago, at this point, a few years ago, Gather was part of a huge merger that happened between New Haven Farms. I'm thinking of all of the, the stakeholders. Um, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there was actually uh, a sequential uh, a yeah. set of years that occurred um, over about, I would say, a three and a half year period. And um, mergers, collaborations are common in the nonprofit or social impact sector, but mergers, yeah. not so much. And so uh, you had the New Haven Land Trust, which um, essentially acquired an organization called Schooner, which um, people who might be able to recall that there actually was a Schooner um, ship um, in the Long Wharf in the, in the New Haven Sound, um, the Long Island Sound in New Haven Harbor. Um, and then subsequent to that, the New Haven Land Trust merged with New Haven Farms. And so what you had there was, an, was essentially a congeneric merger in that both of these organizations, actually all three of these organizations, which comprise the DNA of Gather New Haven, focus pretty much on the environment, but they connect with the environment in different ways. And it's the environment and its relationship or the linkages with society or with community. And so they're inspired by different movements. And so the New Haven Land Trust was inspired by environmental justice primarily, right? And how to, how to ensure that there are more green spaces that um, community members can enjoy, could, could use as opportunities or spaces in which they can find ways to connect with each other and also thrive through initiatives that are focused on urban agriculture, but also connecting with nature for education and enrichment or just for pure enjoyment. And the New Haven Farms was largely inspired by food justice related matters. And so in examining food insecure neighborhoods in which there weren't much access to green spaces for the purpose of growing food, and also looking at those neighborhoods um, and examining ways in which they are hindered as far as their public health concerns uh, in relation to their public health concerns or also economic concerns in, in regards to food access and specifically access to fresh and healthy foods. And so New Haven Farms focus on providing people with an opportunity to access fresh and healthy foods, but also to learn how to improve their dietary lifestyles to address issues associated with like metabolic syndrome or preventable diet-related diseases, chronic diet-related diseases like type two diabetes. And so there's an opportunity to create some synergy um, in a way that would be beneficial and more impactful for the community as a whole. And so the organizations merged to create Gather New Haven in 2020. And so Gather New Haven under its namesake is, is still in its nascent stages. It's still an infant, if you will. Um, 
but its DNA is rich and spans decades, actually, um, if you consider the New Haven Land Trust going back to the early 1980s. Yeah. So, so I would say not only do you wear a lot of hats, and, and so in that merger that you described much more beautifully than I would have, um, you know, I think there are a lot of folks who maybe want and expect different things, and you are coming at this from a, a position where you were the statewide director for Project Longevity before this, and some folks might say, so I, I see these, a really beautiful synergy between the work you're doing now and the work you were doing prior to coming to Gather in New Haven. But some folks might say, whoa, 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 Project Longevity, what does that have to do with, with this work, which is so oriented toward filling, um, I, I would say like, uh, at this point, it's a chasm in New Haven when it comes to public health, also public safety, things like food insecurity. And so I'm wondering if you can talk about your vision as director of this organization. Sure. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people, um, whether it is pertains to my career journey or just the organization at Gavin New Haven and how um, these pieces fit together, sort of um, saw them perhaps as divergent, but and actually um, they they do sort of fall within one accord. And so for me personally and professionally. Um, I always looked at community issues and um, naturally I sort of take on an interdisciplinary sort of approach or um, that's sort of my, my proclivity, if you will, to sort of look at things through an interdisciplinary lens. And so I look at some of the issues within the community and I start to think about what are the pieces that are necessary um, or what sort of disciplines or fields of thought could be applied to address some of the issues or to facilitate the aspirations of a community. And so, um, and whether that be public health issues, economic issues, uh, social issues, um, like issues of race um, or ethnic disconnect or discord, um, whether it be environmental issues, um, I kind of sort of look at the world through this broad sort of unified field of knowledge, if you will. And so, and that being said, I'm a generalist by nature. Um, but it's my transition from focusing on community level gun violence to environmental justice and food justice inspired initiatives um, pretty much sort of connects around the same thing. And so one, just as a quick side note, um, there is a body of research and practice um, related to crime reduction and prevention through environmental design. And so that that means the incorporation of green spaces and connecting communities to green spaces and so there's a criminal logical theory uh, called broken windows. And so essentially, if a neighborhood is stricken with blight and um, seems to be uncared for, that becomes sort of like a way for people who are more opportunistic or have a criminal mind or criminal minded to sort of feel that um, they can operate with impunity and more well-kept neighborhoods tend to have less of that because there seems to be concern and use of public spaces and there's sort of eyes and ears that are about, which is a form of deterrent. And so uh, the criminal justice community historically pretty much approach areas of high crime and high violence with increased law enforcement presence. So when you think of broken windows, right, as theoretically, uh, you just wanna fix the window, right? <laughs> so, 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 
approaching uh, violence reduction or crime reduction from a criminal justice perspective involves greening communities, fixing the broken window, if you will, and not necessarily applying more of a law enforcement presence. So I hope that this can unfold concomitant with some of this community policing initiatives that the New Haven Police Department is endeavoring um, with. But as far as the, the, the organizations and the merger, um, it's a very simple philosophical question that we ask ourselves and that we ask the community. And that's what can nature do and what community what can communities do to help nature thrive? And so there's a symbiosis there, right? There's this interconnectedness that goes back literally into the genesis of humankind. And so that remains intact. But as we evolve as a society, as a community, um, the influx and the emergence and the increased uses of technology, we've become disconnected. And so what we hope to encourage um, through a series of experiences and access and awareness to green spaces and to our programs um, and also to our community partners is that we'll encourage this reflex, this bias, if you will, for community members to look towards nature as a way to address social, economic, environmental, and public health issues, but also to become stewards of nature in their own way. And we believe that there's an application for nature in everyone's life, right? Whether you're you're ill, right? We would hope that you would turn to a plant, right? In this case, maybe a herb um, that you can purchase over the counter at a at a, at a at a health food store like Edge of the Woods or Time and Season, uh, and perhaps consider that as a reflex versus going for a pharmaceutical drug, which you may or may not need at the moment. But obviously, there's an application for that too. But also, if you're just having a tough time in life or you've experienced trauma. Um, there's a huge corpus of research that speaks towards spending more time outdoors um, because of the therapeutic benefits, but also because you want to soak up all that vitamin D. In fact, during the, the onset of the pandemic, physicians were prescribing people to spend more time outdoors, and people were doing that anyway because they were tired of being stuck with shelter-in-place um, orders as well and wanted to spend more time engaging and connected with nature and found that to be beneficial for their emotional health and well-being. But we also know that students struggled with some of the issues that 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 ensued because they spent less time in school due to the pandemic and had to resort to distance learning. But we also know that pre-pandemic, there were some issues with public education as well, specifically with STEM education. So in that sense, nature is a classroom. It's, it provides an opportunity and rich opportunities for educators and community-based partners to connect with school-aged children as an injunctive form, uh, injunctive form of education to provide them with learning opportunities that are outside of the classroom, again, connecting them with nature. And those are just a few examples. And so in practice, we have a number of initiatives. We have community gardens, several dozen of them. We have nature preserves that are accessible with walking trails. Um, we also have um, a few small-scale urban farms where we grow food to support our farm-based wellness program which works on a public health issue like preventable chronic diet-related illnesses that disproportionately impact low-income communities. But we also have a sailing camp where we take kids out in the New Haven Harbor and we teach them how to sail. We also teach them a little bit about the coastal ecology and also marine ecology as well in a way that's fun and exciting for them. So it's play-based, it doesn't feel like school, but it helps to address that sort of gap, right? Between the end of the school year and the beginning of the school year and that kids don't feel like they're being bogged down, but they're also able to learn a little bit more about the environment and bring that experience with them into the school year. Um, but those are just a few of the initiatives that we have um, underway at Gather New Haven. But 
for us, it all is unified under that one question or those two questions, just what can nature do and what can we do to sustain and restore nature? This is such a beautiful segue into what, uh, what is coming up, you know, really on the, on the horizon. So on September 18th in nature, um, and actually in one of my favorite places in New Haven, so DeGale Field, but um, you probably know it as Goff Street Park. When I found out that it had a name, which was probably like six months ago, and I've lived here for 10 years, um, I was like, what now? Where is that? Um, so Goff Street, we're going to say Goff Street Park for, for the purposes of, of this interview. But there is a six-hour Gather New Haven Festival, and it's the inaugural festival. So tell me about planning that because I know that planning a festival is no small feat. So let's talk about planning this, bringing this together, and then of course your hopes for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a similar experience in that, you know, whenever I said the Gill Field, that I got the same response, what, where? Um, so, you know, Gulfstream Park it is. Uh, but we are super excited. This is the first annual Gather New Haven Festival. Um, we're celebrating community, health, wellness, and connections with nature. In fact, I would say, I would go as far as to say that if it weren't for the pandemic and Gather New Haven's inaugural year in 2020, this would have been the kind of event that we would have liked to have had um, to connect community to nature. And so we wanted to bring something new and refreshing to New Haven. We wanted to celebrate community. We wanted to celebrate uh, just having an optimal state of health and wellness. And we want people to, again, develop that reflex, that bias to connect with nature and to understand that even within an urban setting, it's an abundant resource that's accessible to all. And so it's a fun-filled day. It is a festival, so it's intended to be festive. So there'll be live music, there'll be a DJ. Um, we have a great performer. Um, we have a singer uh, and musician, Fabisa Rich, who will be performing. Uh, we have a brass band, the Amos Brass Band, that will be performing as well. Uh, so we're very excited about that. Um, we'll also have a demonstration that will be conducted by Sky Hunters with Brian Batley, who will bring some birds of prey. He'll have the raptors out there with his uh, colleague, Teddy. And so children and family members will be able to see uh, raptors up close, owls, peregrine falcons, uh, red-tailed hawks, kestrels, and they'll be able to see them perform aerial maneuvers and, and sort of get a sense of how they actually hunt their prey and, and operate in, in, a, in a wild environment um, in their own natural habitats. And that, again, is an experience that is connected right to New Haven, right? So we have peregrine falcons um, right at the top of East Rock Park. You know, we have ospreys at our nature preserve in Fairhaven at Quinnipiac Meadows. So you can see these animals in their natural habitats. But for many people, they're unaware of that um, or not connected with these green spaces. And so we hope that bringing that kind of uh, demonstration to the park, it'll excite people and intrigue them and make them curious about ways in which they can connect with nature. We'll have the Gather New Haven team there that will be performing workshops centered on urban agriculture, but also showcasing a little bit about what we do as an organization. So there'll be a setup about our schooner program, which is our summer sailing camp. There'll be a setup for our urban farms and our community gardens and our farm-based wellness. And there'll also be a setup to, to showcase a little bit about our nature preserves as well. And so we hope people will also become more familiar or we acquainted with Gather New Haven or just be able to celebrate this journey that we've been taking on with the community together this far, thus far. Uh, there'll be a number of vendors 
And so we try to cover as many bases as possible. So we have a number of healthcare providers that will be out there uh, promoting their services, uh, promoting um, um, equitable access to healthcare services as well. Um, we'll have a jobs and industry zone. So we'll have a number of employers that will be looking to connect with communities. And so we know that um, there is an issue with unemployment in New Haven. And there are a lot of employers that are reconsidering their hiring practices and are looking to hire locally. And that's gonna help the economic development of our neighborhoods. And so what better way to connect them with the public by, than by having the jobs and industry zone there. And so we hope that people will be able to come out um, make an introduction and hopefully that will lead possibly to applying for a job and an interview and we'll be able to continue to drive the the effort to hire locally and to employ new haveners um, there will also be uh, a number of food trucks there and there'll be a food vendors um, and we will also have a chef her name is chef brie who will be providing a plant-based cooking demonstration so she'll be showing people how to eat healthy um, incorporate more plant foods into your diet, which is something we all need to be mindful of and need to do. Um, utilizing some of the food that we grow, um, the produce that we grow at our, at our farm in Ferry Street um, um, in the Fairhaven neighborhood and encouraging people to grow their own food, whether it be in their home um, or through container gardening inside of their home or in their backyard um, or at one of our community gardens. And, but showing people how to eat healthier, eat more plant-based foods without losing the taste. And so that's something, that's a stereotype and a myth that will be debunked at this festival <laughs> as well, that you can eat healthy, food still tastes good, you're not missing out on anything, and you don't have to go vegan or vegetarian, but you do want to put more vegetables into your diet. And so it's a full day. Um, and to your, to your earlier remarks, it is exhausting. Uh, this is coming from someone who's planned his own wedding um, along with my beautiful wife, and we lost a lot of sleep doing that. This is an entirely different beast, uh, but we have committed board members. Um, I got to shout out uh, our board chair, Tara Pendergrass-Boomer, and our vice chair, Jim Farnham, um, who've been just integral to moving this all along. We also have a festival uh, planning committee. And we have people who've been working really hard in the trenches for us, helping us to pull all this together. And then also just all the vendors and supporters who've really just coalesced around this idea and saying, yes, we should be celebrating community. This is a day for New Haven to show up and show out, to take pride in everything that we've been doing as a whole, whether it's from the environmental uh, and outdoor enthusiast community or the naturalist community, whether it's from the public health community, uh, from the universities to healthcare providers, um, to people who are practitioners of the healing arts, whether it be yoga studios, um, acupuncturists, um, community gardeners, um, shout out to all of them. We're just trying to bring everyone together and say, listen, what can nature do? What can it do for you in your life? And then how can we make sure that we protect this resource and make sure that it's viable and sustainable in our city? You know, and, and I want to ask you, I, I want to be mindful of time, but also want to ask you, so that's a huge uh, swath of people. And it's been my experience that there may still be some people who feel alienated for uh, any number of reasons. So, you know, I, I want to name that the three uh, organizations that merged to form Gather were historically very white and white-led organizations, and folks may feel alienated by that. There are also people who say, I kill everything I try to grow. How could I possibly grow my own food? 
or people, I'm so glad you said debunking the myth. I am mostly vegan. I know that you are vegan and have exhorted that lifestyle for years. There are some people who say, I don't care how you cook kale. It's not going to taste good to me. Although kale is delicious. Let me stand by the record. Um, and, you know, and so for those folks who say, I, I don't know if I'm going to go to this, what would you say to them? Sure. Um, well, one is come out uh, because you may learn why it's important for you to attend such an event uh, when you're there. Uh, and so we're not prescriptive in the sense that we think that, like I took on the hobby of burden earlier this year. And um, we had an event earlier and part of this sort of national campaign called Black Birders Week as a way to get more people of color in the outdoors um, and hopefully interested in birding or to at least go out on a bird walk or go on a bird watching event, try it out. Maybe they'll become enamored with the birds, the, the avian wildlife that we have here in New Haven locally, or maybe they'll say that was a nice experience, but it's not for me, right? You know, I'd rather just go hiking and enjoy that. Um, but we hope that people will come out um, and connect with nature in their own way, whether it be with wildlife, whether it be through growing food, whether it be just outdoor, spending more time outdoors through passive forms of recreation or, or just thinking about ways in which food can be a source of medicine or provide healing in their life. And so there's something there for everyone. Um, but there's also a reason why we have this event or we're hosting this event at Gulf Street Park, right? So for those who don't know, it's the, the park directly across from the Armory in the Dexel neighborhood of New Haven. And we wanted to have this event in this neighborhood because it's a diverse neighborhood, but also is predominantly um, comprised of residents who are people of color. And so we wanted to introduce this to them, to that neighborhood as well. We know that there are gonna be people from all over the city, but we wanted to center this event. It's also right across the street from Hill House High School. And we really want people to sit, realize that, you know, there are organizations and they're not just Gavin New Haven, there are many of them um, that will be there that are interested in diversifying the outdoor and naturalist community, um, bringing more people into the um, environmental justice movement and the food justice movement, and really just connecting and engaging with community. Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, that's probably the, the richest thing of this all, right, is that it's about celebrating community first. And that's the first thing that we say when we talk about the festival. And so we hope that it feels inclusive to all who attend. Uh, and we hope that they walk away inspired and encouraged to connect with nature in their own way. Uh, and that we've introduced something to them that they didn't think about before. Um, and then as far as eating healthier, you know, um, it's no different than not eating healthy, right? So, and the reason why I say that is that it's really all about how you season your food. It's all about texture. It's not that far removed from um, what might be considered to be an unhealthy diet or a diet that's not as healthy. But the thing is, is that there's a lot of vegetables that you can incorporate into your diet. Um, and there's a lot of foods that you can incorporate into your diet. And there are many different ways to prepare them. And kale may not be for you, but you know, it's also a very, um, uh, uh, a, a tasteful vegetable that's maybe more common to people that's abundant in vitamins and minerals collards, right? We grow that too. Many community gardeners grow collard greens as well. 
But if you're also from the Caribbean, you may be more familiar with another leafy green vegetable called kalalu, which is a amaranth variety. Um, there are many community gardens that grow that as well. Uh, people grow peppers, they grow tomatoes, they grow squash, they grow eggplant, they grow zucchini, cucumbers. Pretty much everyone eats some sort of plant-based food. Um, even if you're a meat eater, it's just the quantity, right, uh, of, of plant-based foods that you incorporate into your diet. And so we always stress that people consume things in moderation, but one thing that I think we can all do more with is having more plant-based foods into our diet. And again, it's all about how you hook it up, right? It's all about how you cook it, prepare it, and season it. But there's something that's going to be delicious for everyone. Um, the food trucks will be providing a lot of things that people can try. Um, there'll be some different ethnic cuisines that'll be available as well. And that's also something that we encourage to our farm-based wellness program and that many of the participants in our program come from the Hispanic and Latinx community or the Black and African American community. And they too express some of the same concerns like, you know, I don't know if I wanna eat that. And so we all actually provide them with cooking and nutrition education, but we demonstrate how to prepare healthier meals that are that are aligned with cultural cuisines or ethnic cuisines. So they're not making this departure from what they're familiar with. They're just really learning how to prepare much of the same things in a healthier way. So in our in our last two or three minutes, I just want to ask you, Brent, Brent Peterkin, um, you know, where are you finding your joy in nature right now? Um, and I will link to you mentioned Black Birders Week and birding, and I will link to Maya McFadden's beautiful article that she ran in June of this year in the New Haven Independent, because it's like it is still to this day just one of my favorite articles because it's about birds um, and and about blackbirding and it's it's a great article so everyone should read it but where are you finding your joy in nature right now oh um in a number of ways uh so just personally um whenever i have time i just visit the community gardens and spend time in the community gardens i like taking a lot of nature photographies and the gardens are my muse for that um so i i do a lot of that also visiting our preserves um I tend to like to do it in a very solitary way. So I'll go out on my own and, and walk the trails at Pond Lily, at our Pond Lily Preserve or Quinnipiac Meadows Preserve, which is probably, I would say, I shouldn't be biased, but it's kind of like my favorite at this point. Um, but burden. Um, I was just out um, last weekend, or the weekend before actually, um, Labor Day, and um, I was out with a, a young man who's a student at Southern, and we went burden. And he's actually associated with the organization that pretty much launched Black Birders Week. Um, in fact, they did launch Black Birders Week and made it into a national campaign. So we were just excited to be able to have done that here in New Haven. And so we went out birding. Um, I got a beautiful photo of a belted kingfisher over at Beavers Pond Creek. Um, and so that was exciting for me. Uh, we also met a family who had a, a student enrolled at Southern that just happened to be in the area and we connected so you had someone who was white and caucasian you had an asian person you had two black african-american uh individuals and we were all connecting and having a great time we spent like an hour and a half together just talking about birds and i i don't want to be sort of get i don't want to get carried away with it but what was beautiful about that moment was we did talk about black birders week we did talk about um, some of the um, discomforts that some people may feel and sort of the sense of exclusion that some people may feel with connecting with the outdoor community. And 
our conversation was super positive, but it was also just a special moment for people to just connect and have a, a good time and a great conversation about how nature impacts their life personally. And, and you know, in, in my idealistic world, I do feel like nature provides the perfect environment, no pun intended, for us to connect and establish a greater sense of, co of commonality and solidarity, regardless of your racial, ethnic, social, or economic backgrounds. I think that it's a great opportunity for us to create and build and grow community. But burden has to be it. I, I love to be, get out with my camera, take as many pictures. I have memory cards that are filled with pictures, some good, some bad shots. But um, I like learning about birds. I'm enamored by them. And that's where I find my joy at the moment. Amazing. Well, um, Brent Peterkin, I want to thank you so much for joining us to talk a little bit about the work you do every day at Gather New Haven and the upcoming Gather New Haven Festival, the inaugural festival at DeGale Field or Gough Street Park, if you prefer. Um, you know, you remind me of a, a friend of mine, George Black, who was at Collab until very recently and has since left for seminary, but he calls spaces in nature thin spaces where you're closer to whatever you, um, you believe to be uh, sort of God or whatever deity you subscribe to or, or sense of the divine. So I certainly feel that um, in our conversation and I cannot wait for the festival on September 18th. That's a Sunday, Sunday, September 18th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Check it out. It's going to be great. Brent, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you.